Welcome to another episode of the Superhero Movie Club. I'm your comic book cultured host, Michael Maurer, joined over the airwaves by the movie maestro, James Skyler Hutzma, and the scientific scholar, Ben Anderson. Oh, and a special guest with us today, returning after his premiere on Daredevil Season 1, Matt Eberlein. Hi, Matt. Hello. Hi, Matt. SHMC is your premier movie discussion podcast. Every week we continue our journey exploring our favorite subject, superhero movies. From angles you may never have looked at them before, that includes their source books, budget, music, and even the science. This week, join us as we journey to the Batman Arkham Games. And yes, there will be spoilers. We're, we're not doing movies this week. No, we're doing video games. Shaking it up. Yeah. We got our we got our logo. It's new and we're having a a good time. First of all, um let's establish here. Has anyone not played a single Arkham game? Okay, good. That's Where good. are my crickets? Okay, that's good. All right. I mean, I've 100%ed the first 3, but I have not played Arkham Knight. I was going to say understandable since the f- latest one is just next gen. Oh, that, okay. That is bugging me cat, a lot. Oh my god, the cat is out of control. Get off my desk. Okay. There's a cat. Don't worry about it. What does the cat think of the Arkham games? Uh, he hasn't played them. Oh, well that's swine. Ooh. And yeah. even though the second one's got Catwoman in it. Alright, so let's uh let's skip first opinions, because we're not going to roll down first opinion. Unless, does anyone have a sour opinion towards the Arkham games? Arkham Knight's dumb for reasons I'll get into later. Okay, good to know. Cliffhanger? Uh, no, because I have taste. Oh, you know, I have a few friends who dislike the Arkham style. I mean, it depends on how much you enjoy playing a a movie as a video game. Basically, the free-flow combat style makes you feel like you're playing, um, like you're you're pressing a limited amount of buttons and doing extraordinary things. The combat is just so fluid. And it just feels right. You know, you feel like you're really Batman. True. I guess that's fair, just because this game is kind of known for that. It's not to the extent of being, like, really cinematic like a lot of other games of its ilk, but it does also come off as one of those ones that push it even more towards a narrative thing and away from gameplay. But like Ben said, that's that's kind of a good thing, too. It makes you feel like Batman. And that's what we want. So let's talk about the money of the Arkham games. Now, there are four Arkham games in order. Asylum, City, Origins, and Night. Let's start with the very first premiere game, Arkham Asylum. So how much money did Arkham Asylum make when it first came out? Hard to say because we don't have um, concrete money figures on this. But I will say is the uh, sales for Arkham Asylum were... Very good. It sold 593,000 units in its first five days of release and 2.5 million in a month. Now, is there something to do with uh, video game money stats? They're a lot harder to come by. They don't get published as much as like ticket stats. Sure. Here's, you know, here's something to keep in mind. As far as ticket stats go, movies have a limited run in theaters, so they have three months or so to count up everything. Video games are on the shelf for basically ever, and you're trying to 
bring in numbers on like used game sales, uh, bargains, all that fun stuff. So I'm guessing at some point they just really taper down in their uh, counting of the numbers. All right. So Arkham City uh, did even better in that it sold two million in the first week out of uh, 4.6 million shipped, making it one of the fastest selling games ever. And it's only the seventh best seller of 2011. Those stats, yeah, I found, and it's the seventh. I found that hard to believe too. But then again, look at 2011, and it's got games like Uncharted and mm-hmm. Elder Scrolls. Oh, geez, Wait, no, it's not Elder Scrolls. What's the other one I'm thinking of? Um, what uh, is that uh, game? Uh, uh, Assassin's Creed? There was probably an Assassin's Creed that came out that year. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe a Halo. I mean, there's a bunch of other franchises out there that are a bit more well-established. Just for for context, though, if if you make a game, and, well, it's kind of different depending on, like, the size of the size of the team that's producing it and who's publishing the game, but if you sell a million copies of your game, that's a blockbuster. I suppose... And yeah. this sold two million in one week, so just think on that. This this is Avatar money. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'd go that far. I'd uh, I'd maybe call okay, it like no, but... like, like uh, Fast and Furious money. Oh yeah, for well, sure. I'd call it Batman money. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, good one. All right, and Thanks. Origins was more on par with Asylum with. Being uh, any unit stats on us on Origins? Uh, not really. It since it's still technically kind of new. Just the thing to take away from it is that it got m- more tepid reviews than the first one. And given the fact that it was largely kind of buggy, I think that hurt it in the long run. So it's only eleventh, the eleventh best selling game of twenty thirteen. Yeah, it's still something to write home to mom about. And finally, we have Arkham Knight. Now, everything is very recent about Arkham Knight, other than it's selling very well. Fastest game so far this year selling well, yes. That'll do it. Yeah, it's PC release heard it, though. Oh. Ooh. It's yeah. a, it's, the news is it was very, very buggy in its early PC release. They pulled it from electrical shelves right off the Steam marketplace. Man. I've only heard of like one other game being pulled from Steam. Was it your game? No, it, it's a it's a pretentious indie game called Paranautical Activity, but I think it's back on, and I forget why it was pulled. So Matthew, yes. Now I I hear that you review video games from time to time on a semi professional matter. <laughs> so you do you do video game reviews for your newspaper job? Yeah. All right. So why don't you? Give us a little bit of a Batman Arkham Knight. Okay, so uh, Arkham Knight's a lot like it plays a lot like the other game, uh, other games in the series. Uh, you get this more refined combat. Things feel quicker, smoother, especially the counter moves. Uh, I think the the biggest new or the biggest improvement or addition would be the Batmobile, obviously, which works for, works well for the most part. It feels uh, like a genuine new addition. It feels fun, fast paced. I will say it's. Pretty heavily overused. Yeah, way too many tank drone sequences. Uh, the Riddler races I didn't like at all. Those are weird. They're just strange in every sense. Describe them a little. Uh, so, the Riddler, ta- like in every other game, the Riddler task he was finding his riddles and solving them throughout, throughout the city. 
Uh, these particular ones are to save Catwoman from a dangerous situation. Uh, so you're tasked with going through diff- these different races using the Batmobile. He's got a lot of different obstacles, like crushing walls and various other things. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're telling yes. me that Catwoman is forever in peril unless you collect 200 trophies. Um, the Catwoman thing is kind of a side thing. It doesn't tie in with the trophies. Oh. It's mainly, you, you do these, uh, what is it, a sequence of, I want to say, eight or nine missions. Yeah, each one's got its own race at the end of it. Or... Side note on that, Arkham Knight is not a very nice place for any women in that story. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it. a lot of things go ba- very badly. <laughs> Catwoman is perpetually in peril. Poison Ivy, spoiler alert, dies. Barbara Gordon gets kidnapped for pretty much the whole game. Uh, she gets kidnapped by the Scarecrow pretty early on. Jeez, is she even Batgirl at this point in this in the storyline? No, she's Oracle because you know wheelchair. Oh, that's she, right. she was Oracle in Asylum. I'm sorry, I'm t- I recently played Origins and she was just a a little girl in Origins. Yeah, somewhere between uh, Origins and Asylum, the Batgirl thing happened, and then it didn't happen because there is actually a flashback in uh, Night as to how she became. Well, let's just say how she's not. Batgirl anymore. Well, has anyone read uh, The Killing Joke? That was essentially just taking this, The Killing Joke's story and putting it into a flashback form. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it you know, just describes how Barbara becomes paraplegic. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, so specifically during story, you had several tie-in comic books, prequels, Flash Sideways, different stories that expand the, the Batman Arkham Games universe. I was going to take a task to read as many of them as I could, and um, then I realized that there are, like, over a hundred of them, because some of them are very short little prequel series of, like, five-issue miniseries, a little run, but then there are a couple that are actual, like, game tie-ins, kind of like how they made a comic book on Injustice just a couple years ago when that video game came out, and that comic book is still going. It's in its fourth year, so it's got like 50 issues. There is a Batman and Arkham comic book that is that is like 60 issues in. It can't compete with uh, Injustice's pure lawsiness. Injustice gets insane, all right? Ugh, if there's any more news on Injustice, we, we might have to revisit the topic, but that stuff is nuts. Just insane. So, but for... Arkham Asylum, the first game that came out, uh, you had Paul Dini, who is renowned fame for his writing on Batman the Animated Series cartoon. Uh, He was the head writer for the first two Arkham games, Arkham Asylum and Arkham City, but then was not asked to return for Arkham Origins. Uh, The game producers wanted to go a different route, I'm assuming. They got a whole different set of voice actors, too, because... The Arkham Asylum games had a lot of Batman animated series voice actors, including Kevin Conroy, the original Batman, uh, Arlene Sorkin coming back as Harley Quinn, and Mark Hamill as the Joker. I have an explanation for the whole reason Origins seems so different. Um, The reason Origins is kind of the black sheep and pretty much exists is because Rocksteady, who is the developer for the... Uh, core three Batman games decided it was too big a gap between city and night of like four years without a Batman game. 
So they brought in a different company, Warner Brothers Montreal, kind of gave them, you know, the template they used for Arkham City and and basically said, here, go make this on your own. Do it with your own people and, you know, just have it out by 2013. And that's essentially why it's so different is because it's completely different company doing it, different actors, writers, uh, composers, directors. And you'll kind of notice that if you look closely enough into it. You know, honestly, I know people didn't think Origins lived up to like the constant building of the Arkham games, but I really enjoyed our Origins for what it was worth. Even though maybe a $60 expansion of Arkham City is is what you could properly label it as, it was a very serviceable if you got that game for a lower price. The one thing about the Arkham games is that their stories are always interesting and bring you in so even if you know gameplay wise it was just kind of a an add-on if you will i think the story sold it enough so i mean that's all i really have on the unless anyone wants to discuss the story of arkham knight i think we can get away with it who was the head writer oh jeff johns sorry i wrote that down <laughs> yeah jeff johns I heard of that guy that dude does everything it is nuts that guy, whenever you hear the words DC Comics, DC Movies, DC Games, Jeff Johns is somewhere in the mix. Some doing something. He's either writing or directing or producing. Am I wrong to think of him as mainly the guy from Green Lantern? He is a lot of he got a lot of fame for his very, very amazing Green Lantern run, um, which he did for, I don't know, upwards of five years. Four, four, four years, I think. He was he did the Green Lantern book, and if you love Green Lantern, go and find the Jeff Johns run. It might be four years worth of comic books, which you can finish in maybe be a week, honestly, if you put your mind to it. But it is worth it. So you have a guy who is really famous for that. He's he's done stuff with Flash and Aquaman, and he's really good at what he does. So of course now we have him in Batman World doing a whole story on his basically as a creative lead and i guess you just get to reap the benefits was did arkham knight story live up i haven't played it there's some really awesome things about arkham knight i know there's definitely one element that has people's panties in a twist but i really enjoyed it so i enjoyed it too i thought it was a little predictable in spots but for the most part it was pretty awesome yeah just a note on that whole predictable element this is the video game version of star trek into darkness where for upwards of a year they tried to sell a twist on an all-new character when the truth was pretty much staring every diehard fan in the face. And I think that backfired on them. Oh, that's too bad. Because uh, Jeff Johns created a new character called Arkham Knight, correct? No. Oh. He took an existing character and told everyone it was a new character. Oh, I see. Yes, that's that's what I meant. We'll save that. For I just, anybody can look online, and I know we do spoilers, but we'll save that for you listeners. We'll let you, if you want to keep that nugget and, until you play the game and figure out who it is, we'll let you. So, Skyler, can me, you please talk to me about the music of Arkham franchise. I please can. All right. As far as video game music goes, I am surprised at the level of finesse when it comes to the music of the Arkham games. Music for the first two games is done by 
some chaps named Nick Arundel and Ron Fish. Uh, Nick Arundel is the uh, sound designer for the whole game or the mixer. Uh, and the first thing that jumped out at me as far as the music for Asylum goes when I first played it is that it's a sound that's uniquely all its own and still borrows elements from just about every Batman uh, soundtrack up, up to that point. So let's play a little track from it called The Darkest Night. stuff that's some good stuff yes arundel and fish came back for arkham city and i would say the whole mood of the thing was in line with the game itself and that everything just kind of escalated got a little darker but still retained its own identity i want to say let's take a listen to the uh, main theme of the game and see how that differs from what we heard the first time So let's move straight through, because I know you want to get through all of this, Skylar. What happens when we move to Origins? Origins, eh? Well, uh, similar to the whole Switch and creative team for, I don't know, every other area. A new composer for this game is Christopher Drake, who had previously done the music for a little animated film called Batman Under the Red Hood. So, As well as Batman The Dark Knight Returns, Part 1 and 2. And pretty much, he did Batman Year One. He's like the main Batman composer. He's been around the block with Batman a few times, which sounds awful now that I hear it that come out of my mouth. <laughs> anyway, let's take a look. Let's take a look to uh, what he ripped up for Origins with the track Gotham Royal Hotel. that glass jingling you son of a bitch i can't drink it anymore quietly (laughs) you dump out the glass or the ice well whatever sorry buddy that sound was very 
It was just going up the scale. I would say there's a lot of that in Origins, because another track I was rifling through to, you know, be like, oh, maybe this would be a good one, was uh, GCPD. And I feel like they share similar traits, just also i'd like to share that um christopher drake has a method when uh composing his music is that he will take the name of the character like batman and then he will compose his music in the time signature for the amount of syllables in that character's name so a lot of the Batman sounds, like that that one went doom, 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 doom. It's just, you would say it in your head. Batman, 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 Batman. So like, if you hear a Superman sound, yeah, it's in it's in three parts. Superman, Superman, Superman. So it's really, I don't know, I think that technique is just really flipping neato. I don't know, is it something subliminal there? Should look more into that. Good idea. <laughs> but not now. Now we will get to the night of Arkham. The night. Batman, Arkham Knight, Nick Arundel returns, Ron Fish does not, and instead is replaced by a, someone named David Buckley. The guy who did the Hallelujah song? Yeah. No relation that I know of. <laughs> well, that's a shame. Especially not in the music, as you'll hear. Not a whole lot of similarities going on there. Let's uh, cue up the track Invasion. What does that remind me of? You'll hear that uh, motif in the main theme of uh, Arkham City. Is that really it? Feels as if it was a movie. I was thinking of like uh, Close Encounters, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. We're getting there. I think that that might be it. <laughs> it's very similar sound. Anything else you want to say about the uh, music, Skyler? No, it's good Batman music. You should check it out. It's honestly, it really is. I don't. Where can can you get? This soundtrack on, like, iTunes and stuff? Yeah, all three of them are uh, up on iTunes. Unfortunately, the track I uh, picked for Asylum, I haven't been able to find it on the officially released uh, album. But besides that, not too many hang-ups in that process. That's some good doing homework music, I think. Let's just pop oh, that absolutely. stuff on. So we're going to toss it over to Ben with our special science segment, where he's hey. he's going to go over some... Some Pre- bat gadgets. Yeah, some pre-selected bat gadgets that I would like to be discussed here. Um, starting with, uh, let's start with, can we talk about Batarangs? Is that okay? Just start our iconic? Sure. Batarangs, classic Batman weapon, tool, device, I don't know. What about them? Do they work? Boomerangs work. And a boomerang. If you throw them right, they will, they'll fly out and they'll fly back to you. And it all has to do with just the shape of the of the boomerang. Not anything else. Just the way they're shaped will bend air around them so that they'll return to you. And I suppose you could make them razor sharp, like a batarang is. Really? Yeah, I mean, probably. you got to be really good at throwing boomerangs. Because you have to throw it right. Yeah, that's that's the trick with boomerangs, is you can't just, like, eh, you know, you have... I'm, you can't see it if you're listening, but I'm, <laughs> I'm like, doing a really, like, weak 
motion with my wrist. Um, it's excellent. But yeah, you have to throw them right, but they, they work. Boomerangs are a real thing. They're really fun. Uh, right. I can't throw one. All right, then. Let's go right to the big one for me. I don't I don't think... Did this one premiere in Arkham Asylum? It might have been in Arkham... I'm pretty sure it was Arkham City, but Cryo Grenades. Are Those are definitely yeah. Arkham City. Okay. The only reason you have them is because Mr. Freeze is there. Mr. Freeze only has a cameo in, in Asylum. So in so. Arkham City, you get Cryo Grenades. Yeah, so they're, they're little grenades that you toss at mobs of enemies and it freezes them but it's weird because it only sticks their feet to the ground they can still move their arms and torso so that they can punch you and stuff they were replaced with the putty grenades in later games which makes more sense uh, because the problem with freezing stuff is it takes a lot of energy like an insane amount because first you have to things don't just spontaneously cool down you know there has to be a reason for them to do that so if you toss a grenade at a dude and expect him to cool down it's because you have to do work on him to move all that energy that thermal energy somewhere else so you not only have to bring him down to like freezing temperatures zero degrees celsius but then once you do that then there you have to do some extra work on it to actually freeze it, and that's called the latent energy of phase transition. So it happens when you're boiling water, it happens when you're freezing water. It takes a lot more energy to get something solid than to get it to its freezing point. And so that's why chiro grenades don't really make any sense, because there's a whole lot of energy that has to move around before you can freeze the dude's legs. What if said dude is made of clay? Clay actually can hold a lot of heat. Oh yeah, I suppose so. the whole putting it in ovens and stuff. <laughs> right, kilns and whatnot. So they replaced it with putty grenades, which, as far as I can tell, just spray glue everywhere. That and other things I know. Yeah. Let's uh, let's get to the uh, two feature items, and you will you pick which one you want to talk about first. And those are, of course, uh, the Batmobile and the grappling hook. Uh, let's do the grappling hook first because it's fast. Okay. And um, basically, grappling hook is really cool, but the way that Batman uses it a lot of the time would rip his arm from his socket just because, like, all of a sudden, there's a lot of tension in that grappling hook, and I don't know if your arm could actually support that, unless you're wearing fancy combat armor, like the bat suit. So, Hold on. whatever, I'll allow it, but don't try it at home, kids. Can we step back and saying that a little tiny gun that can consistently shoot a claw that clings onto things, and then that claw has tensile strength attached to it that is able to lift a man who is at least 200 pounds, if not oh, more, yeah. and mm-hmm. wearing, a, yeah, wearing an armor. That, that thing can exist in the real world, or can it not? Oh, let's not forget, you can upgrade it so that it not only will it lift said person, it will just slingshot him into the air. I mean, steel cable. I, th- I think we talked about the tensile strength of various materials in our one of our Spider-Man episodes. But um, all of these elements working together, point, click, boom, reel in. It's a tremendous feat of engineering. Um, right, we'll talk. We'll talk more about a grapple gun in coming Batman episodes. Then. Yeah, yeah. That that's something. Write it down, and I'll, I'll write it down and, and remember for next time. The best use of a grapple gun in any superhero media was Watchmen, when Rorschach just, like, shoots a dude in the chest. Okay, um, so the Batmobile in Arkham Knight is the dumbest bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Batman's thing, like, his thing is that he doesn't kill people. 
right? Of course. Okay. So what happens when, like, you just run over a dude with a tank? Um, he they... survives because Batman has the ability to judge injury with okay. a tremendous super ability. Here's actually what happens in the game when you hit people with the car. An electrical charge hits them first and sends them flying, which probably, in all reality, kills them. Oh, so, like, if you, like, pin someone against the wall and run over their skull a bunch, it doesn't, it doesn't let you do no. that? No. It doesn't. The thing has been, okay. like, fatality-proof. Like, if you take the, the guns of the car, too, and, you know, just point them and shoot them at people, it fires rubber bullets. Yeah, it's the dumbest bullshit, because if you can zap someone with enough electricity to send them out of the way of your tank that's going 50 miles an hour, <laughs> they're going to hit the wall. You know, they're going to hit the pavement at at least 50 miles an hour, because you just... They're going faster than you. I challenge our listeners to, you know, rub their faces along the pavement at 55 miles an hour and not die. I would like to hear some theories, actually, on in every scenario. I've always felt that the Batmobile just has a tremendous ability to kill people, no matter what precautions are taken into it. So I'd like to see, like, a full detailed analysis of why, you know, someone sent me a link. I feel as if someone's done it and I just don't know where it is. Of why the Batmobile is a practical use of vigilantism and why it can be a, a car that is loaded to the nines with all kinds of weaponry and every single one of it is non-lethal. My fear is that Batman actually kills people all the time, but his idealism like, just like blinds him to the fact that he's murdering dudes. Like and it's just his ideology, you know, doesn't let him see that. He kills people in ways that they die like three weeks after the initial hit. You know, oh, he'll just break a few of their bones, but they'll get, like, awful infections in the hospital and then just die. It's also interesting because in Arkham City, you can knock a dude out and stand next to him, and he won't wake up no matter how many in-game days pass. <laughs> you know? the A lot of the blows that you land are just, they look brutal, like you destroyed someone. Mm. Has anyone ever hit someone with a Batmobile and then, like, turn the tank and then run them over after they're on the ground and it just goes right through them? They phase out of reality? Yeah, it's just they're laying there, and then you just kind of go over them, and it's like, oh, they don't exist anymore. <laughs> wouldn't want to oh that makes so much sense batman's living in his own fantasy world he literally can't kill anyone because no one exists plot twist it's all in his head in arkham asylum it wasn't joker that they were putting in solitary at the very beginning it was batman and this is all just like a weird dream oh my god dun dun and, that, and that's why all the mm. villains reflect different aspects of his psyche we discovered it we discovered yep. batman he's nuts yep <laughs> He's badass because he lives in his own head and he gets to live out everything he, he has ever dreamed of, beating up people, avenging parents. That's a pretty bomb lifestyle. You never lose your company no matter, no matter how many hours of negligence you give to it because you're out every night destroying clowns. Running people over in a tank. The whole time he's actually in a padded cell and straight jacket just going, I'm Batman. Ever since the robber shot him through the head but didn't kill him and he had brain damage. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so his parents didn't die. No, his parents did die. Oh, I see. So Joe Chill also shot. Oh. We should write a Batman book. People aren't going to like this, but we should do it. Because <laughs> we'd be completely <laughs> dishonoring everything that Batman is, just for the sake of realism. And that's not good enough. Destroying his myth? Like Scarecrow. Oh, 
Uh, all right. So, anybody have anything else? Matt, you've been you've been you've been pretty quiet. Is there anything you'd like to talk about the game? Anything you've been itching to just spread out on the airwaves? It feels probably the most refined of the games. I, I like the combat a lot better than I did in Origins. I felt like the Batmobile in this game, the combat in Origins was way overused. Now, uh, answer me this. I hear some talk that the thing with the free-flow combat is that it develops different enemies that all have different ways that you have to be able, you have to hit them, like you have to jump over them and hit them in the back, or you have to stun them and then hit them. They have that in, in Asylum. Yes, that's what I mean. I, I'm, I know that's what the free flow is, but they've been building ever since that first game. And now, has Arkham Knight, I've, I've heard that it might have reached some sort of a tipping point where it's just too many variations of combat enemies? Oh, it can, it can get pretty frustrating. Yeah, I will second that motion. Now, how many? How many? Uh, describe the most frustrating one that you've come in encounters with. Uh, I think there was one later in the game where you're fighting a large crowd of thugs. I don't remember where, but they had like two guys with shields, two with uh, shock sticks, another couple guys with guns, and then your regular thugs with unarmed. And then, oh yeah, then did I mention the shields? Yes. Oh. Have yep. they, and have then they introduced a new kind. Oh, they have the the large brutes too. You have to Brutes with fast. shields and oh, electricity. Oh, God. oh my yeah, God. Yeah, that too. Okay, so they just started combining elements for pain. Yeah. Because, I mean, I remember all of these being separate in Arkham Origins, but ugh, I cannot imagine a brute with a shield. That would be so painstaking. Like, you get rid of a shield and then he switches over to electrical fists. Ugh. Gross. It's insane. I'm sorry. It's, it's a lot of fun when you get good at it because you feel like a god. Uh, when you can rack up like a 50-point combo, but if if you're getting your your butt whooped, you're like, man, why did I become Batman? This isn't even worth it. It can be so frustrating. Oh, uh, here's a fun fact about the free flow combat system for the games. Uh, Rocksteady was originally working on a dance video game, and they used the template for you know whatever that was, didn't go through to kind of mold their free flow, free flow combat. So that's why it's so fluid and feels like there's a rhythm to it. I would play the shit out of DDR Batman. He's so awesome and lame at the same time. <laughs> Just like <laughs> only, Bat- Batman doing some disco. Only if Adam West was involved. Oh, you've made my bucket list. <laughs> now it has to happen before I die. Otherwise, my life is unfulfilled okay anything else anybody wants to say on uh the batman arkham games just as a final note i will say one it's really ballsy how many characters they do away with in this series two i think it's narratively one of the best batman series in all media it's uh rock city's last batman game oh it is yeah there's been a rumor going around that they might be doing a superman game but who, who knows <gasps> for sure Oh, my 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 heart just started racing when you said that. Oh my god, I need to calm down. Take a few deep breaths, Michael. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I just like oh, they never know. Uh, WB Montreal with after the making Origins, and they might may have them pick up some more. So we'll see. Superman Metropolis City. Oh, mm. I would lose it. I would lose it. Oh my god. Sorry, I'm just freaking out at the thought of it now. Oh, was this, uh, was Arkham City Mark Hamill's retirement from the Joker voice? Do you want to be spoiled or no? Was, was, did Mark Hamill return for Arkham Knight? He did. He has a pretty prominent role in it. 
Okay. Was he the uh, Joker in Origins? I don't think he was. No. No, uh, uh, Troy Baker Troy. was. Oh, good for him. He was really good. I'll say. I do think this was some of Hamill's best work in the series. I agree. I think this is his best Joker in Night than compared to the first two. Compared to his Joker in The Animated? Well, I mean, he's just been getting better. I mean, I don't think that dude has ever lost it. No, I'm saying in comparison to Asylum and uh, City. I know, but like you're talking like Kevin Conroy, uh, Mark Hamill. Was Arlene Sorkin in this involved in this project? Or no, she. Do they have Tara Strong again? They had Tara Strong again. Okay, but regardless, those people have been voicing these Batman characters for two decades, upwards of 25 years, ever since they started they, in 1991. It's crazy. They still got it. Yeah, they, they still, still got it. They're still killing it. Every time, everybody loses their marbles when they see their names involved in Batman projects because they know it's an automatic stamp that it's going to be quality. Side note on the voices, big shout out to uh, John Noble as the Scarecrow. Super creepy, super eerie, super effective. All right, then. I think that's going to wrap it up today. We're out of time. So, Superhero Movie Club is produced by Maupow Freelance Media Productions. If you like what you hear, show us your support by going to iTunes. I know it's a lot of steps, but I'm going to walk you through it. You, go, you open up your iTunes, which I'm sure is probably open right now or because or you're listening to this or it's on your iPod. But regardless, go there. Find us. Find our little page. There's a little button that says write a review or just rate. You don't have to write a review, but we like those because they're, they're like little love letters. And they make us so, feel so warm and gooey inside. And it doesn't cost you a thing other than two, maybe three minutes of your time. Maybe. But it, it's it's not like putting money in our pocket, but it's filling our the emotional holes in our in our psyche. Um, yes, fill our holes, please. Fill, fill every <laughs> orifice we have with your kind words. And if you don't like us, you can listen to someone else because there's probably someone else... Something equally as entertaining to you somewhere that we uh, uh, just please rate us and subscribe. And we love you all who have already done that. Uh, You guys are the best. So keep on keeping on. Yeah, and like us on Facebook to keep up to date with us throughout each week. SHMC also keeps up an active Twitter feed at SuperheroMC. So follow us and send us your questions, comments, and custom sign-offs for us. And we'll use them. Next show's topic is X-Men Origins Wolverine. Oh, man. We we have a couple that are sitting in the backlog from before we made the swap over to Malpal Freelance. So back when we were still in KMSU. And <laughs> Wolverine. They're not all as terrible as Wolverine, but... Uh, yeah. Yes, we have, a, we have a few good ones still coming. So um, the trends, we're going to be ditching the season system... Right after this, aren't we? Yeah. We're still going to go on the same track we are, you know, continuing working backwards and all that jazz. But we don't want the season system anymore because it implies that you should go back and listen to episode one and start from the beginning. And while we do like you listening to every single one of our episodes, starting at one, especially if you're a new listener, is not a good place to start. It was a, it was a rough pilot, okay? We, we have learned and grown Honestly, start at Iron Man three when Ben shows up. That's probably a yo yeah. That's probably our best. That's yeah. your best launching point is starting at Iron Man three. So that'll do it today. I'm your host, Michael Maurer. 
James Skyler Houtsma. Ben Anderson. Matt Eberlein. And there's a gay superhero in all of us. Thank you. Have a wonderful week. I've got you under my skin. I've got you deep in the heart of me. So deep in my heart that you're really a part of me. I've got you under my skin.